When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episode 44 of Moon, P-Jug, and Hobbs will be without P-Jug. And here's the reason why. A lot of times when we're ready to record the podcast, she goes on assignment. And that's not because she doesn't really want to spend her time doing the podcast. That would never be true. No. <laughs> never. How, however, I will say this. She is on assignment. She is going to be a mediator between Putin and Biden. She's on her way to Croatia. All right. And we're going to wait and see how that all rolls out. She's going to broker a deal between two powerhouses. I love this. That's right. And I've been watching this thing, you know, every day and you can't avoid it now. And you're thinking, okay, is Putin just flexing his muscle? Is he trying to scare the hell out of the world? Cause it's working. And then I'm thinking, don't do that. The stock market goes down, right? <laughs> so I guess that's a little selfish, knowing how there's innocent women and <laughs> so you're kids really concerned. In. You're concerned about the stock market, not the children of Croatia, so much, or or Ukraine, or children in general, or ch- <laughs> even your <laughs> own that we had on last week. Yeah, we had my kid on last week. He was fun. I like that. That was a good uh, episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was pretty good. Uh, that's the voice of Hobbs, a.k.a. Tiffany Norton. And then we want to welcome, uh, you know, P-Jug's replacement for the week. Let's welcome Darren. How you doing, Darren? I'm good, guys. How are you? Pretty good. That voice you might remember from KS95. Uh, the guy worked almost every single shift. I mean, I think he started on nights. I did. Overnights. And, uh, overnights. Yeah. Eventually uh, did middays. Uh, he was on the afternoon show every time I was out of there. And uh, then he had some issues. He went and did something crazy. He fell in love. Oh, yeah. It's been downhill since then, I got to tell you. <laughs> All this love and happiness and joy and sunshine and great weather. And I live by the beach. It's absolutely horrible. What city are you in now? Today? Uh, now I'm in Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores, Alabama. They call that the Redneck Riviera. Yeah. Well, let mm-hmm. me tell you about Gulf Shores uh, because a friend of mine is coming to see you and you or he should have lunch together. It's a guy that's been on the podcast. You know him well. His name is Chopperon. Chopperon's coming down here? Chopperon is in a couple of days. Heading to Gulf Shores. Really? Uh, he's like, hey, dude, have you been to Gulf Shores? I've said I've been through Gulf Shores, never spent any time there. You ever been to Orange Beach? 
I said, I've been through Orange Beach. I never really spent any time there either. Right. I told him you were going to be on the podcast today. And uh, I said, well, let's find out where Darren's hanging. And there you go. I have yeah. a camper that I could just pull around the back and they can just crash in the camper. Why you not? Know? We've had guests do that before down here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We, we, when I left there, we lived in Mobile for a little while. And then it was one of those weird things. We got married here in Gulf Shores. We were like, you know, if we ever wanted to live someplace, this would be the place to live. Because you're on an island. I mean, it's island life, you know. We just ended up kind of backing into a house deal. We found one and we were like, well, we can actually we can actually do this. And we did it. And we moved back last July. We moved down here to Gulf Shores. And then <clears throat> my wife works uh, as a vet tech. And so she's now working for the University of Auburn. Uh, they have a vet hospital here, especially clinic. And she got the job there. And we're like, it's like six miles from here. Perfect. And then I actually got a job at a little local radio station, two blocks from the house, which was weird because I was like driving down the street, just getting to know the area. And I, and I passed it and I did a double take kind of thing. I said, at a radio station. And then I went in there and talked to the program director and we ended up having a mutual friend. And yeah, next thing I know, I'm, I'm doing the six to midnight shift on this little local radio station. So our bubble is like six miles and that's it. We're six minutes to the beach uh, you know, six minutes to, I could walk to work. I don't hate it. It's 73 degrees here today. Sun's been shining. I can't, I can't complain. You know, life, life does not suck. Then you don't know what this podcast is about. It's about complaining. Well, it's been fun. Thanks guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> Shortest <Yeah>. podcast ever. <laughs> well, and, and Ron today, when I talked to him, he's in Panama city beach. He always calls me on WhatsApp so we can see each other and he's walking the beach Mm -hmm. and he's looking for shark teeth mm. and that's what he does now last year he spent about two maybe three thousand dollars on metal detectors so ron takes his metal detector out on the beach and you know the beaches in panama city are pretty pristine and you walk up and down the beach and all of a sudden the metal detector goes off usually he will find maybe somebody's car keys Sure. Uh, usually he might find someone's sunglasses. Last year he found uh, a necklace and he's thinking, man, this looks pretty nice. Went to the pawn shop, 1200 bucks. Wow. I spent a lot of time living on the Gulf coast when I was in Houston and we would of course, you know, leave Houston to go to Destin, Florida. Destin. Yeah. About and three hours east of here. Yep. And so that's where I always used to hang my hat. I went there, I don't know how many summers in a row, two years ago, I was there right as COVID kicked off. They uh, shut the place down that we were at completely down. This is a place that has 2,500 rental units. And there were three couples that had extended agreements to stay there that they had to honor. Most of the time, as soon as March 1st kicks in, you get spring break pricing right and you know which will double or triple everything uh but since i was there from january we ended up staying all the way till uh, almost june um and it was an amazing place it's called the sandestin golf and beach resort mm -hmm. it's really is. nice and uh after all was said and done i ended up having a average room rate of 58 dollars a night 58 bucks a night is cheap. Well, if you want to get 
uh, a great place right on the beach for like a quarter of what you would pay in Destin and those other cities, you come to Gulf Shores. They don't call it the Redneck Riviera for nothing. You're it's white sandy beaches. You're right on the island. You got everything you need right here, and it's a fraction of the price. <clears throat> lots of condos, lots of places out on the water. Yeah, lots to do. When the muddy Mississippi leaves Minnesota, gets down to New Orleans, all the crap in the water, the silt and the mud takes a right and heads right towards Louisiana. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. all the all the crap heads down to New Orleans and then down to uh, you know, eventually down to Galveston. I yeah. mean, the beaches in Texas are okay. But when you get to this side of the Mobile Bay and then on into uh, Orange Beach and then Perdido Key area and Gulf Shores and then you get into um, Destin, Fort Walton Beach, that whole area bef- before Panama City. Don't go to Panama City. Panama City is, ugh, I hate it. But everything in between, the beaches are that sand that it's almost like walking on flour. Yeah. It's so white and it's so soft and they're very well taken care of. And you find some really great places for, like I said, fraction of the price. Gulf Coast to me, when I lived here 25 years ago, uh, I knew this is the place I always wanted to come and retire to. So when I ended up leaving Minnesota and coming back down here and get married, and um, this was like a no brainer to get down this way because it's just, I've lived all over the country and this is the best area I've ever lived in. So anytime anybody ever asks me, where do you want to go eventually? I'm like, Gulf Coast. That's where I want to be. We got bikes. We bought bikes for Christmas. Tricycles, my dad calls them. I call them adult three-wheelers. <laughs> Mine might have a basket in the back. It might not. I'm just saying it's a mountain bike with a basket in the back. But, you know, and you ride your bike through the state park, which is uh, three blocks from my house. And, you know, right up to the beach and great food, fresh seafood down here. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Jaron. When we first started this, Darren was actually trying to catch a gecko, which looks like a little lizard. They're all over the place, yeah. and they get into everything. Right? I don't know how yeah. it got in here because usually the cat kills them and leaves them, you know, as little presents for everybody. Sure. So you know, we find them occasionally, just kind of mutilated all over the house. You know, he brought it in from the outside. So this one was alive and well. I don't know how it got in here, but it just—I'm in the back. My studio is in the Florida room, uh, on the back of the house. So this was supposed to be the screened in porch essentially but they made it a, a florida room so it's right at the back door so i'm sure it just crawled in someplace but they get everywhere those little things you know it's really uh, bad about the south and that is the roaches okay uh, not down here because there's they... too many there's too many uh snowbirds that come down here we have too many tourists that come down this way and rent out the places and so the terminators or the the terminex people you know the bug people Super busy, so they spray everything. So the, oh, yeah. the northern people come down here to stay. They don't have to worry about roaches and stuff like that. We don't have it. Don't have. I've never seen one the entire since July. So what, eight, ten months? I've lived here. Never seen one roach. When I lived in Texas, we had them all the time. Yeah. And then when I, uh, you know, would go to Destin, you know, you'd see one once in a while. And my friends that are in Destin right now, uh, they had a whole mess of them. Uh, and, you know, when I first moved to Texas and was looking for an apartment, I had no place to live. I went to work at a radio station. They put me up in a hotel till I could find a place. And when I found this uh, highly recommended apartment complex near the station, I went there and there was a sign on the door. 
and it was from an extermination company. And I'm thinking, well, shit, if this place has bugs, I'm not going there. Mm -hmm. So I left. And what I didn't know is in Texas and all along the Gulf Coast, you have to spray. They're just, you know, they exist. They're part of the world there. And you just need to take care of them. And it's like the geckos. They freak you out, too. You'll be walking along. And the next thing you know, one will bolt out in front of you. It looks like a mouse or a snake. And, you know, there's critters in the South. I mean. <clears throat> yes, there is. <laughs> and we're down here. You, I mean, you might see the occasional snake. Like you'll get a snake, obviously, from here and there. And depending on where you're at inland, you'll see alligators occasionally. Yeah. You run across one of those. We went camping last year and um, at a little park in Florida, actually. And we were out taking a morning walk with the coffee. And we had the dog and, you know, walking across this bridge over the water. And the sun was coming up and it was gorgeous. And we looked down and there's like an eight-foot alligator sitting below us oh, eating man. turtles. It's like sure. catching, trying to, yeah, that was fun. We were like, okay, we're going to take the dog and we're going to go. And the dog's going crazy. You know, like, we're like, shut up. Don't yeah. let it know we're here. What was, wasn't it in Florida too? The, it was a couple of years ago where there was someone walking their dog and then the alligator tried to get the dog. And then the person, the guy just went, this big old burly dude with this little tiny dog just went nuts on this alligator. Yeah, there's lots of bad. dogs. And you can go to any camping spots, especially in Florida. And they have signs along the waterways. Don't walk your dog. We're not responsible for yeah. your little snack that you're walking because gators yeah. will, yeah, they'll get you. We had that in Texas. Uh, I lived across the street from the water because the houses on the water were really expensive and the ones across the street were a lot less. That's but right. I, but I could see the water mm-hmm. out of my window, okay? And there was a walking trail that went all the way around the lake and there were signs up all over, same thing, because how many dogs went missing? Right. Because a dog might start barking at one or whatever, and they might not know that those things might be a little faster than you'd anticipate. They are. As a matter of fact, you can't outrun one in a short distance. They will they will catch you. Problem is when the dog stops barking. That's a bad that's a bad sign. <laughs> that's when you know. Took you a second. You're like, are, are we? So how are you doing, Mooney? God, I haven't seen you since I left. Well, you know, it's been kind of a struggle. My MS is advancing. Sure. And like, uh, you know, diseases that have that feature, um, you know, do. So I am pretty much locked inside my house and have been since June of 2020. Mm. Um, I don't leave the house. I've had four shots for covid and I still have no antibodies, so I'm getting my fifth here in a couple of weeks. Wow. And that's no fun. Um, football season this year was absolutely my jam. Darren and I have talked many times about football games. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was an Oregon Ducks fan there. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, when you look at what's going on with the Vikings now, that's got to make you a little bit excited. I mean, you got to. New Can I just tell you something living down here? I haven't watched one Vikings game in the last two years. It was ruining my health. <laughs> Football season, literally, <laughs> was ruining my health. Like, I can remember distinctly screaming at the television, like, angry every Sunday. And then I let it ruin my day. Like, if the Vikings lost, my whole day was shot, you know? You get prepared for the game, and then by 3 o'clock, you're ready to just, like, I'm just don't want to do it. So I took a break down here, and I have... I, can I tell you, I haven't missed it. I'm so busy doing other stuff, though. Um, you know, 
my wife and I are camping or, you know, we're doing something not we're at the beach, whatever chance we can get, you know, I watched maybe a part of one game. I could, and the good thing about Facebook is you can get the, you know, the, the, you know, the recaps, you get the recaps of the games. Yep. So I, I've watched those. I watch a lot of uh, wild. I've been watching the wild though. They're having a good season. So yeah, they are. you know, I'm still a wild fan. I'm still a Vikings fan. Don't get me wrong. I still have my, my tattoo. I'll bleed the purple and gold till I die. But Woo, I'm hoping this new coach can do something because, you know, I already lost my hair. I don't have much left <laughs> to lose at this point if I start watching football again. What's the vibe up there on this new guy? Is everybody kind of pumped or are we kind of like, uh-huh. right, that's another guy. Okay, whatever. I think a lot of people are worried because he's never been a head coach. Right. Uh, so that's a concern. Uh, the general manager that they got had never been a general manager of an NFL team. Right. Uh, it's all new blood. They're trying to determine, you know, do we keep cousins or get rid of him? I don't think people know what to think. This year's playoff games and the Super Bowl were all fantastic. It was so much fun to they watch. Were. Yeah. It was it was the best in my lifetime. I I watch a lot of football. I didn't and, I didn't watch any of the playoffs, but the Super Bowl I watched because yeah. of Matt Stafford. Yeah. That was my interest right there. I'm like how bad are the Lions really? Yeah. This guy leaves the Lions, goes one year, and he wins a Super Bowl. And you're like, yeah. wow, Lions fans. The okay. only thing that makes it tolerable to be a Vikings fan is that we're in the same, you know, conference as right. Detroit. Yes. We're like, well, yeah. Mm, yeah. it's not that. Well, I hate it. At least, yeah, at least we're not Detroit. Oof, yeesh, yeah. you know. Do you follow Hobbs on Facebook? Because her boyfriend. I do. Her Tiff, boyfriend I is. have been watching you and your bitter baker. Oh my God. I'm Aww. so proud of you. You're doing so great. Oh, thank you. What have you been up to other than the bitter baker stuff, which is hilarious, by the way. And uh, you're still doing stand up stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's finally coming back. We basically kind of took two years off and I forgot how to be on stage and yeah. forgot how to do a lot of things. I was like, I, I mean, it was really hard the first six months. I would start telling the premise of a joke, a joke I told. A bunch of times and i get halfway through it and be like where does this go <laughs> where are we going with this one babe you know right. like seriously just like and like panic i had to wear i had to bring up set lists on stage for a really long time right after it like i hadn't had to do that in forever and it was like wow i yeah because you just get out of routine you get out of practice of saying it and then certain things go into certain other things and then you tell them in a certain order and then if you screw up the order then you're like oh crap yeah, you get to the punchline and no one laughs. And then you're like, oh, you idiot. You left like a big chunk out in the middle that like explains. Do you find it harder to make people laugh now when you're on stage after COVID? Obviously, in the last couple of years of just, you know, let's not, you know, gloss over the the election. I mean, just everything that's happened, you know, the polar, you know, the polarization of this country. Are you finding it harder to find that middle ground when you're on stage to make people laugh? I'm I'm not personally, I will say though, in the early days when we were first going back after the pandemic, that's all anybody would talk about. No one was talking about anything but the pandemic and politics, and it was all super heavy. And then they actually started, uh, there were specific, like if you were signing up for a show, they were like, uh, you can do it. No pandemic material. Everybody's burnt on this. Right. It took a long time, though, right after to figure out what was safe to talk about because, you know, George Floyd and that was such a huge impact to our community, the art, performing arts community. And, you know, so 
Yeah, it, it, I think everybody now, though, the people that are there really appreciate it. They, they, I think they appreciate it more than they did when they couldn't have it. But I, I've never really been a super political comic. I, I do some stuff, but I wouldn't say I'm like trying to be, you know, uh, any of those types, like a John Stewart or anything like that. But um, I always talked a lot about sex and relationships anyway, and that stays the same no matter what. Speaking of which, let's get down to it, girl. What's going on? Give me the dish. Tell oh, me yeah. the stuff. Give me the spew. I don't know what is it called now. Dirt, dust, spew, dust. Give it? me the dust. No, the dust. Give me. The... I mean, how long has it been? Let's talk about dust. Oh, right. What? Not that long. So, what are you asking? I don't even hear a question. Who's the he man? To know when the last time you I did see it. the man in the pictures all the time on Facebook. Who's the man? His name is Brian. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He's cute. But yeah, Moon Moon thinks he looks like Aaron Rodgers. He does. I've seen him up close. Now Aaron Rodgers it, can't hold a relationship to save his life. That's so that's yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Unlike yeah. Tom Brady, Tom Brady can keep him. Yeah, he can. He's Ooh. got Giselle, baby. Yeah. He's got Gronk. He's got that's Gronk. his real woman. Wait, is that is he got a wingman? Is that what happens? You get Tom, you get Gronk, you get Gronk too. Yeah. So, so you're getting somebody out of the business. Yes. Yeah. Good. He's a he is a lead um contractor and uh, carpenter. Or a uh, medium-sized oh, construction company. Man with a with a tool belt. Toby okay. Keith does a song called "High Maintenance Woman," and it's all about a handyman. You need to listen to that. Are you inferring I'm high maintenance? Or I'm not. High maintenance? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Banksy's not high maintenance. I drink you. beer. That's not high no. maintenance. <laughs> it, it, it's about guys that are great with their tool. He oh, is a swordsman. He actually he actually uh, studies martial arts and instructs martial arts. So. There's that Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Aikido. Really? Yeah. Really? He does yeah. like the kookaburra stuff, like where he's like dancing around and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, he can right. fly through the air. He can do that, you know, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Hide my dragon. Is that what yeah. happens? Would you guys play at home? Crouching tiger, hide my dragon. Is that what happens? That, okay. Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. No, what is it? Screaming That's Eagle Fang? That's what He plays Cobra Kai. Was it Screaming Eagle snake. Fang or whatever it is? Here comes the snake. <laughs> Are you still riding your motorcycle? I sold that before I left. Damn. But you got the three-wheeler now. Sold my Harley. Yeah, now I'm riding the, the three-wheel bicycle. It's almost exactly the same. I still have all my gear, though. Like, I held on to it just because I'm like, I don't want to have to rebuy this when I buy another motorcycle. And quite frankly, uh, riding down here just isn't the same. Like, the roads just aren't built for it, really. People aren't looking. Like, up there. When it's motorcycle season, we're all kind of trained to watch out for motorcycles. There's bumper stickers and you just know it's motorcycle season. Down here, it's just not like that. They don't, it's no. it's that season all year round and they just don't care. You know, just don't be a jerk. But I don't really see a lot of motorcycles down here, especially Harleys. You'll see a few, but not a lot, you know. I would, I would imagine though a lot of it is, you know, I mean, I don't know if you are a helmet guy or not, but the bugs are serious in the South. You know what I mean? Oh, and like, I mean, you in, in Alabama, you have those it, things without a windshield it, or in, in Alabama, you have to have a helmet. It's a yeah. state law. So, oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense because, yeah. yeah, like even just sitting on a porch in Florida, because a lot of my families lived in Florida. They're not from there, but they all kind of ended up there. But mm-hmm. yeah, those things are big. No yeah. hurt. You hit a big June bug down here. You know it. Oof. Yeah. It'll leave a mark. I was on a Kawasaki Mach 3, which was an old bike. Right. It was many years ago. And I had that thing. I was going probably 110 and I hit a, a B mm-hmm. and it went into my face so deep that I got a black eye and the stinger was still in there. And I tried to pull over. 
Well, when you're going 110, there's not a lot of room for error. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> right. And, you know, later in life, I never rode fast, but I rode a lot. Yeah. And Darren and I used to ride in a motorcycle group called the Wild Boars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chopper Ron was in the Wild Boars. Uh, we had our old boss, uh, and we gave each other numbers of what member number we were in the Wild Boars. I was the president, and then Ron was boar number two, I think, and then uh, Leighton was boar number three. We actually got hats. Mm-hmm. I still and, have mine. Yeah, I lost mine, wouldn't you know? Boar number six. Boar number six. Boar number six, that was me. Well, we went on some great rides. I mean, we would leave the Twin Cities. We went all over the place. We did that um, Upper Peninsula ride through uh, Michigan up in the Copper Harbor. That took a week, and all of us rode up that way. That was a blast. We had so much fun. Yeah, I never will forget that ride because I clocked it. It was 1,800 miles. It was a long week. And when you have internal hemorrhoids... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll be back after this message from preparation age you know well he's always trying to get sponsors here and don't give him any ideas right yeah, I, yeah i'm surprised he hasn't hit that one up already when you ride that far it it's hard on your butt well yeah because you're on sense. a bike like eight hours a day or more mm-hmm. there were there were many days we were on the road at eight o'clock and we were riding until dark which was eight o'clock in the summer mm-hmm. so you know we stopped a couple of times no, had, let's be let's be realistic. All right, we would take a f- five-hour drive, Tiffany. It should take you five hours to get from point A to point B. It would take us eight or nine mm-hmm. because the boys, not me, but the boys, had to pull over and have a cigar like every sixty minutes. It was like uh, oh, yeah. that makes minutes. more sense. Moon's got to pee. Time for a cigar. Let's go, and we'd pull yeah. over someplace at some little podunk town. You know, every little town you go through has their center uh, park. Sure. And it's always got like uh, the gazebo in it. And, you know, maybe it's their, you know, they've got picnic tables and it's their softball field or whatever. That's where we would pull over and we would all just kind of chill out on the bikes. And the guys would, the guys would light up the cigars and you're, here we go. And then it would take them an hour to suck down a cigar. And then we get on the road again, drive another hour. And we got to pull over. Moon's got to pee. Moon's got to pee. Yeah. Let's pull over. And then they'd suck down cigars. They had like five cigars a day. And I'm sitting there like, we could have been there <laughs> like three hours ago, but no. Oh, yeah. Um, that was fun. We had a good time. The trips and the camaraderie were great. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of laughs. Once we got to a location, you know, we'd kind of hang out and meet the locals and, you know, experience some of the food. And uh, you weren't on the ride with us to Tennessee, but that was kind of interesting. We pulled in there. It was almost like the place that we were staying could have been featured in the movie Deliverance. Right? <laughs> and a guy came out that looked like. Great. Uh, he could have been with ZZ Top. Okay. <laughs> right. And his name was Mike, was in Townsend, Tennessee. And we became good friends with Mike. And we talked with him about getting moonshine. Well, can we get some moonshine down here in Tennessee? And he's like, oh, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay. And I said, well, can we not talk about it? But you just know that we want some or whatever. And he's like, I just got out of prison, so I can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, walk the straight and narrow, buddy. Do you carry a gun, Darren, or not? Uh, no. I just don't really need it down here. Plus, we have, you know, we have an 11 year old in the house. So, you know, we just didn't want that kind of thing here. There was a time when we lived in Mobile where we felt maybe we should have something in the house. 
you know, we lived in the West side, so it was, it was okay over there, but you, you know, there's one of the reasons we moved out of there is because we were just like, you know what, let's go someplace a little safer. So, yeah. uh, we moved, we didn't buy a gun. We just bought a house. Yeah. yeah. I, we think went cheap. I think you should start with the house first. Yeah. That we went to the house. You really first. still feel like you need the gun. Yeah. And we're, we're like two blocks from the high school. And the middle school. So, I mean, we're in a really good location now. So, I don't really, location, I don't really feel location, the need location. to have one. When we rode motorcycles, Leighton would always have a side piece. Oh, he, yeah. He always. A side arm. Side arm. Sorry. Side piece. Totally different thing. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He was not unfaithful. That's not what sorry. we're implying. No. He did not have a side he, piece. He always, he always carried a gun with him. We were in Michigan and we were coming back into Wisconsin. Instead of going down through Chicago, we took to the ferry across from Manitowoc. Was it Manitowoc? Was it Ron and Leighton had to check their weapons? Look, I, I've got a gun and it's not loaded or anything, but I have it on me. They had to show that to the harbor master before they could get on the, yep, on the boat. So, well, here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, people are packing, man, and it's gotten. If you look at gun sales nationally, they're through the roof. Yeah, right. Uh, you looked at the other day. I think Remington settled with the Sandy Hook Elementary parents for like seventy-three million dollars, right? And you're thinking. You know, to kick out seven hundred and thirty million, how much do you make selling guns, and how many guns are on the street? A lot. Yeah, a lot. And there's really no quick fix for that either. You know, everybody's got one side or the other. Um, you know, and you're you're never going to have uh, an an honest debate about that until you get the special interest groups out of there, and the the NRA's got to be out of there. The NRA is what's holding everything up. The NRA will, refuses to let the government even have, like it's illegal to do a study about gun violence. You can't even do a study about it. You can't even, like the NRA says, we're so worried about what the results are going to be. We're going to make it illegal for you to even figure out what the problem is. Okay. We're just not even going to allow you to, you can't, sorry, can't ask that question. Well, wait a minute. How can you have an honest debate about what's really going down and how to fix the problem without some sort of study about it? Well, you can't even do that now. It's illegal. So it's, I'm all for, if you want to have a gun, carry a gun, knock yourself out. I don't really care. It doesn't bother me, but you can't be, you can't lie about what you feel is the right thing. You can't say I'm pro gun. We're all pro have your life. Nobody cares, but why can't we be responsible about it? We can't know the true story about mental health and how it affects uh, what's been going on. We can't have a true um, conversation about, um, you know, uh, where the gun violence is partaking. You can't just say it's all inner city. You can't just say it's all one particular group of people. You can't just say it's, you know, we can't protect ourselves. We all must carry guns and you're not going to take my gun away from me. And what does the amendment really mean when it was written back in the day? Was it really mean that everybody can have a gun? Was I mean, the whole debate is skewed because we can't even discuss it legally uh, because of because the laws are on the books. We can't have evidence that comes to them and says, Look, this is what we're finding. If you if you had a cancer in your body, the reason they can find that cancer in your body is because they've done all the studies and they know what happened and why you got it and how to fix it, right? For the most part, still studying it, still learning it. But we can't study and learn about this kind of thing because it's illegal. So have the guns. I don't care. But you can't sit and, and, and tell us we're having a true uh, discussion about it when we're not able to come at it with ammunition with information. Does that make sense? You've got to have information. I like to use am, ammunition as a, as a yeah. adjective. Yeah. For it. I think it, Chris, it Rock, Chris Rock had the best idea about that. I don't know if you saw his stand-up special. It's probably, it's probably 15 years 
old now. He's like, it's too late. There's too many guns. We got to limit the bullets. And <laughs> we got to make bullets so expensive that like each bullet's like $5,000. And like, so if you see somebody with 10 bullets in them, you're like, that's $50,000 worth of bullets. They did something. Right. <laughs> now uh, you can make your own bullets. Yeah. Well, it's you can. Yeah. You make your own bullets. Obviously you can, you can also yeah. be your own ammunition, but yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. If somebody will find a way to get one, if they want one, you know. Settle your differences the old-fashioned way. Ice pick. You Put know? them up. Put like, them up. Like, what about a piano wire? No one uses piano wire anymore. I hate to date myself and or the moon man, but there was a day when if you had a beef with a dude, you just stood toe to toe with them. And when whoever won, you got you shook hands when it was over and say, thanks, beef over. Yeah. Now you can't do that because eight other of his buddies will jump in. Because yeah. they're too chicken to fight one on one. It's just, it's just. There used to be a uh, an honor system in settling your debates. Now it's like we'll get eight guys to jump one dude or whatever. And I'm just like, uh, every week on the podcast, we review what our guest is viewing on television. Have mm. you been watching anything good? I have. Uh, actually, we we climb embedded. We have my little iPad, and then we just sit and watch something. I, uh, personally, I've been watching. Uh, the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, because of course you know me, I'm a nerd in Geekwad. Mm-hmm. Um, we have started watching a show on Netflix called Atypical. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but mm-hmm. it is um, about a, a, a teenage boy with with autism. He's high functioning. I mean, he's but it's about him and his family, and it's pretty funny and pretty cool, and got a lot of heart and some good people in it. Tried to get into, and all of our friends have been telling us, you got to watch Yellowstone. You got to watch Yellowstone. You got to get past the first, like, episode, two episodes. You get through the first two, first half hour. We were like, really? This is the <laughs> lamest show on, on the planet. No. Love Kevin Costner. Love Kevin Costner. And my wife's big Kevin Costner fan as well. But we're just, we're both watching the show like, what what is what is happening? What is Oh my God. See, I don't even like Kevin Costner, but the character of Beth, the daughter, is why I like that show. Because right. Beth reminds me very much of me. She walks into every room and they're like, You can't smoke in here. And she's like, Yeah, I don't hear that. I just couldn't get it. I just, and all of our friends are like, We're in the fourth episode, fourth season, and you got to watch it. It's so amazing. And you're seeing all this hype about it. And you're like, You try and put your head back under the water again. All right, let's do it again. And then we've done it again. And it's kind of like, Okay, still, no, sorry. Right. Just can't. I just, See, for us, what happened was the first episode was more of a movie. It was almost two hours long. Yeah. Right? Yep. It was forever. You didn't know any of the characters. Right. I didn't like shows about farming and ranching because that's where I was born and raised. Reminded I you too much of your childhood. Yeah, I, got you. I didn't want to see any of that, but everybody was pushing. Get through episode two. I'm saying, all right, whatever. And so I choked down episode one. I thought at number two is kind of, well, at least I know who the people are. Right. And then by the third episode, I'm like, I get it. And then I couldn't shut it off. The wife and I blew through that thing. Yeah. Now we want to get 1883, but we got kind of sidetracked with a show called Succession. Because you've been watching that now for a couple of weeks. Uh, we are on the last season. Okay. It's about a media conglomerate. Uh, that was started by a, a guy and his family, and they ended up buying and gobbling up companies, and they're global. And this guy is like the world's largest anus, right? He is an asshole mm-hmm. like no other. And Grande he, asholio. 
yeah, this guy would eat his young. And what the whole series is about is his kids want to become the CEO after he retires. Right. Yeah, he has a health scare at the beginning, at the beginning of season one. And then everybody's like, oh, well, who's going to get it? And so now it turns into dynasty, basically. Okay. And it's really good. The writing is really good. The writing is pretty fabulous. And, and what's it called again? Succession. Succession. Yeah, but okay. they're terrible people. You're watching, you're like, these oh. are horrible people. They're all just absolutely, they're monsters. Obviously, there's Cobra Kai. Sure. Yep. You kind of got to watch Cobra Kai. Uh, Virgin River was another one my wife wanted to watch, so we started watching that. Uh, Shit's Creek, had to finish that one out. Yeah, it's good. And then uh, a show that I started watching that she just can't watch because it's far too intense for her. Uh, it's called Outlander. There's a lot of sex up in that thing and a lot of nudity and violent sex. Let's just put it that way. There's a lot of rape and there's a lot of things that happen. And it's really like the end of season one is what just happened. Like, oh, I felt ill. You know, did you ever watch Walking Dead, the Negan episode? No. No, I didn't. With the baseball I, bat I, thing. I did. I know what you're talking about, but I never watched. If you watched it, there you got sick to your stomach, right? This was not that. It wasn't the violence part of it. Just the whole thing just made you kind of ill. Jamie and Claire have such a. It's just weird this whole relationship, but it's one of those you just can't stop watching it. And then they switched it and put it over to stars, and so now I'm missing episodes because I can't watch the seasons anymore. But yeah, that was one that I ended. If you can watch the first four episodes, first four seasons. Yeah, that's an intense show. That's <laughs> super intense. My wife can't even watch it. She's like, nope, nope, sorry, I can't. Is it more sex than Game of Thrones? Yes, by far. All right. Yes, more sex than Game of Thrones. And I think more violence. Really? Okay. More, re- more real violence, let's put it that way. Like Game of Thrones is, you know, you got white walkers and swords and dire wolves and stuff. This is more, this is based on, you know, pre- um, well, Revolutionary War, Scotland. There's more realism to that, to me, mm. in that one. So, yeah, and and politics. So there's political maneuvering, and yeah, it's 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 a weird show, Outlander. It but. looks. I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, it just it does kind of look like a uh, like a romance novel. Like it's kind of yes. comes off that way. They're based on a romance novel books. Okay, which I would never have been like eh, no, but you know. Actually, Tiffany, I'm surprised you wouldn't get into it. I watched the first couple episodes of it when it was a new show. And for whatever reason, I kind of fell off. But that also might be when I was broken. My cable got canceled. So <laughs> it might not have been the show. I don't <laughs> it was a dark time. Right. I'll tell you a problem with cable. This happened to me when I lived in Grand Island, Nebraska. I was doing a midday show. And I get a, a call. Uh, an inner office studio call from our front desk. And they said, the police are here for you. And I said, what? (laughs) They said, there's a police officer that would like to speak with you. And I said, well, I got to have somebody run the board, right? I had somebody to keep the station on the air. So we had to find somebody to walk down the hall, play a couple of songs. I went out and uh, they charged me with theft of services. Okay. And what happened was I was separated from wife number one and I moved to a basement apartment. And when I got to the basement apartment, the guy from upstairs came down and said, Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, He goes, "Uh, do you like cable? And I said, well, yeah, I'm going to have to get it eventually. And he goes, how about if we split it? 
I'll run you a cable, uh, you know, through the, your window or whatever. And, uh, you know, you can pay me half. I said, yeah, that'll work. And so I wrote him a check. He ran the coax down to my TV. We plugged it in. It worked and all was right. Until they uh, went around the cable TV people and had to hook up another client on the pole. They climbed the pole and they saw, well, wait a minute. This guy's hooked up and he's not paying. Right. So now they go to the house and there's the cable running through my window into my apartment, which makes me look bad. And they arrested the guy that lived in the main apartment. And so they charged me with theft of services because I was stealing cable TV. Now, the good news was, is I had a DUI pending. Ah, good news. <laughs> okay. So I used the DUI pending. I could plead on the DUI and they'd throw out the theft of services. <laughs> oh, so right? you get rewarded for that behavior, basically. On the Nebraska. Oh. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Right. This guy, but this guy hooked it up to the pole. He had you split in the bill thinking he was paying it. But you exactly. actually just went and got it right from the cable, the, right from yep. the actual pole. Yep. Yeah. They they have ways around that now, so you can't do that anymore. Yeah. 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 Well, and Darren used to live in Omaha. He worked at the same radio station I did and Des did. Yeah, yep. actually, we, I hired Des. Yeah, I was the the program director then and doing the morning show. And yeah, uh, my morning show partner, Wayne, found Des <laughs> at a radio convention in Minneapolis at the Conclave, the good old Conclave. Yep. And uh, and so he said, I found a midday girl. We got to get her in. So we brought her in and rest is history. Well, and now in case you don't know who Des is, she does the morning show on KS95 with Ryan and Crisco. You know, Ryan and Crisco both worked with me in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan was our first producer. Crisco was like number four. And then uh, Hobbs was five. When was the last time you were in Nebraska? 13 years ago, probably. I went back for a football game a couple of years ago. That was fun. I enjoyed yeah. the hell out of that. I was only there once. I went to the Gallup organization. They're based yeah. on Omaha. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was getting trained in on how to do... Um, for uh, hiring purposes, you would do this thing called a strength finder and you would sit down and, and they would, you basically take this long test, kind of like a personality test and it would tell you what your strengths were. And so we were learning how to administer that. There's a lot of money in that. That Gallup building is like the Gallup poll people. That is an incredible campus. There's some huge businesses in Omaha. Well, yeah, yeah Warren Buffett. Well, mutual wild, was it the Omaha, mutual yeah. Omaha? Mutual of Omaha. Wild yeah. Kingdom. That's what we all remember. I'll stand back here while Jim attacks the alligator. <laughs> yep. I love that show when I was a Marlon, kid. Marlon Perkins. Yep, Marlon Perkins. He was hot. Yeah. Marlon Perkins was hot. He came in to cut a promo with us uh, for a fireworks show that the radio station teamed with with Mutual of Omaha. Marlon Perkins comes in, and I'm going to give you an example of what it sounded like, inserting the proper amount of bleeps. This Friday night, who wrote this shit? I'm looking at this and, and I'm sitting here. We got the tape rolling, right? So I have a copy of Marlon Perkins yes. wearing like a truck driver. Oh, my God. If you still have it, please slice it into this podcast. <laughs> Find please. a way. We to wanna, we wanna... Oh, my. Because I want to hear the outtakes now from oh, the yeah. Mutual Omaha. I'll stand back here while Jim, you dumbass. What the hell? <laughs> you know what I really like now is hillbilly hand fishing. 
Right? Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's where hillbillies uh, stick their hands and try to pull fish out of holes in the, in the sand. They're going to rocks and yeah. And the catfish are four feet long, five feet long, and they're pulling the catfish up out of the water. Yeah. Huh. Hillbilly. I don't have to watch TV for that. I can just go over to the canal, which is like three blocks from here. Watch that happen. Do you fish at all? I do. Yeah. It's a whole different kind of fishing here because you have to have a a saltwater license and a freshwater license or you can have one or the the other. And because I'm on the island, I'm surrounded by saltwater. So I had to get a saltwater license, which is a whole different kind of fish that you're fishing for. You're fishing for redfin and you're fishing for... All sorts of so you have to learn a whole different technique. You can't just throw a bobber on the water and just yeah. wait for it. You know you got to get it, got to drop your sinker down below and you leave it a tag up to about three feet and that yeah it's and it's, and you're using you're using shrimp and um, or crawfish um, you know as bait as opposed to you know worms on a hook. It's okay. like real stuff. You know you go to a bait shop and it's like well how many shrimp you want and they're live and they're moving and you're like. And then trying to hook a shrimp, forget it. It's it's almost impossible. So, yeah. But it's fun. You can sit, like I said, we're four blocks from the canal on the one side. And just, so we just drive up and you can park right on the side of the road. And you'll be driving along the canal between uh, Gulf Shores and Orange Beach. And there's cars just lined up along the, the grass on the one side right next to the water. And there's, you know, people are out there in their lawn chairs and, you know, beach chairs and poles in the water and, barbecues going and you know catching fish and throwing it right on the grill yeah it's, that's it's, fresh it's, it's fun yeah i remember very well when i moved up here i had a little bit of a texas drawl right not a big one but noticeable i had to be careful with it on the air so i didn't sound too hicky right because people in the north think people in the south all sound like bubba's right because of the long they talk real slow and all that stuff, I would say this to the people that would heckle those from the South with an accent. I would say, well, wait a minute. Who's the president? Bush. Where is he from? The South. How about the president before that? That's Bush. Well, he, Where is he from? He's from the South. How about the president before that? That's Clinton. Wait a minute. He's from the South. Where's all the Northerners are supposed to be running that they're so damn smart? Right, because the hillbillies were ruling, and then you had Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter from the South, the great state of Georgia, with his brother Billy. Remember Billy Beer? Oh yeah, Billy was pumping his own beer out of the White House. That was crazy. (laughs) Oh man, yeah, the political scene has just been nuts for like the last oh god six years, probably forever. It's 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 been this way since Rome. That's just politics, I think. Pretty I don't much. Think, there's never been a point where everybody just looked around and were like, wow, nothing to fight about. It's all going yeah. swimmingly. No, but it has been a very calm year. Yeah, I mean, you, can, you can bitch and piss and moan about the new president all you want, but... <sighs> now, maybe, maybe it's island life is getting to me. Maybe I don't really even care. Maybe it's just kind of like I got palm trees and sand between You're the living a Jimmy Buffett song. You don't Beer care. in my hand. I'm just telling you. Toes in the water. Ass in the sand is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I don't, don't care. Don't you have a Lulu's in Gulf Shores? Lulu's is uh, about four minutes from here. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Lulu is Jimmy Buffett's sister. That's right. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, and there's a couple of them. There's one here. And there's one in Destin. And one in Destin, yeah. 
and they had to close for a long time. She had to close that place down because of COVID, but it's back open now. And as a matter of fact, when you're coming over into Gulf Shores and you're coming from the mainland onto the island, you got to go over this little bridge. And if you're going north, Lulu's is right down on your right hand side, right on the water. And there's boats, there's a marina, there's boats there. And uh, depending on the time of the day, you can look over the ocean or over the bridge and you can see dolphin. There's dolphins swimming in the canal, like right there by the, by Lulu's. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I love living down here, man. I'm just telling you. Is there anything you miss about Minnesota? No. <laughs> I'm answering for you. Sorry. How long is the pod? How much time we have left on this podcast? <laughs> as long as you want. It might take me that long to find something. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got friends up there that I miss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to think anything else when it's when you guys are dealing with your winter. It's you know February up there, and you guys are just starting to come out of it. We had a spell of about two weeks where we actually had to cover our plants because it might have frosted. They call it Alabama snow when it you get a little frost on the grass or whatever. Uh, but today, you know, last four or five days. Windows and doors open, sun shining, slight breeze coming in off the ocean, 73 degrees, palm trees are blowing. Yeah. We have a winter storm warning right now. Yeah. Uh, and who knows what we're going to end up with. I was at a Mardi Gras parade on Sunday and I got sunburn on the top of my head. So, ooh. Went to a, a fun parade. That was a blast. Had a good time with that. So, one of the most fun events that I remember with my father was I was the Grand Marshal at the Mardi, De, uh, Mardi Gras Parade in Galveston, okay? It's a smaller version of New Orleans, but it's still massive. New well, Orleans wasn't the first place, by the way. Where was the first? Mobile. Really? Mardi Gras started in Mobile. I did not know New that. Orleans just took it over, but Mobile was the first place, yeah. So I take my dad to this Mardi Gras Parade, and we're actually up on the second floor of a building that has like a, a patio upstairs or whatever. And we're up there with the musical guest, Dr. John. Oh my uh, gosh. Right. Yeah. And, we, and, and it was a lot of fun. Well, my dad didn't know anything about Mardi Gras and the beads. If you have fruit beads, women will show you their breasts. And I have pictures of my father leaning over the balcony with his fruit beads mm -hmm. right? and sure enough they flashed him was he showing his boobs i mean yeah. how was that working you can see those right through his shirt yeah boobs <laughs> oh my god so you that was a nice very adult father son bonding thing right <laughs> i saw my first set of tatas it was awesome yeah it was 40 right yeah <laughs> and they were low hanging fruit speaking of fruit mm. Keep. I really want to move from Minnesota at least half of the year. Yeah. I want to be able to go outside, even if I can just go sit in my driveway. Moon, you've moved around this country in this crazy radio business as much as I have. Simple truth. No matter where you live, I don't care if it's in Minnesota or Nebraska or uh, my time in, in California, Monterey or Santa Barbara or Oregon or Portland or Seattle or Mobile or Virginia. Every area has its thing, whatever their thing is. We got a little thing called hurricanes, you know, and a couple of times a year you got to go, hmm, are we going to get one? The great thing about hurricanes is you got four or five days to plan. You kind of get a general idea where they're going and you got time to get out. In the Midwest, it's tornadoes, right? 
Uh, mm-hmm. West Coast, it's fires on the coastline. You know, you get wildfires and cut a city in half. Um, you got snow up in the Midwest. You got, you know, a lot of rain and drizzle and nastiness up in the Pacific Northwest. And down here, you've got a little bit of humidity. It's not unbearable, but it is what it is. But you get to pick your thing. What thing are you willing to deal with? It's a lot like dating. You know, you you just we're all broken in some way. You just find the people who are broken in just the right pieces that match your pieces, you know? So if I know there's a hurricane coming, I'm like, yeah, I got time to get out of this thing, you know? And that's kind of where I'm at. Because we don't deal with tornadoes. That's northern Alabama. We don't have to worry about that. A little bit of humidity and the occasional hurricane. Wherever I go, there has to be extremely top-notch medical care. Right. Because I'm, you know, advanced MS. So to go to Phoenix, they have a Mayo Clinic. Yep. That's a good thing. To go to Las Vegas, they have a Cleveland Clinic, which specializes in neurologic stuff, which is what MS is. Plus in Vegas, I can gamble my ass off and there's legal weed. So right now, the leading contender would be Las Vegas. Everything there is accessible, right? Mm -hmm. I have a friend that's a cab driver. His name is Ray. I call Ray every time I go out to Vegas and Ray takes care of me for however long I'm there. I might call him later this week. He's a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. And, you know, to have a random cab driver become your friend uh, is kind of the way I roll. I make friends. My dad always said, I've never met a stranger. Right. That's true. I, you know, what happened the other day, I was going through my friend list uh, to try to pick some people for the podcast. Hobbs actually brought you up and this was a couple of weeks ago. And then you and I uh, texted each other on a messenger or whatever and said, okay, we're going to do this. Well, then I had somebody booked for last week, but I couldn't remember who I booked. (laughs) So I called my son and I'm like, hey, can you come over and do the podcast? Because I have no idea who I booked. That's funny. You know, this is why when I was in radio, I had producers to help me keep stuff straight. Do that if you told your producer the decisions that you made. That I can't help. You're making decisions. You're not telling me the decisions were made. It's hard for me to hold those. For a professional communicator, you're saying there's a little lapse there occasionally? Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, my. Sometimes there's a difference between I'm thinking a thought and then I've communicated that thought. Right. Yeah. And that comes with old age, too. It's like, I, I thought I told you something. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, maybe I just thought it. I'm sorry. I didn't verbalize. When I talk to my doctor about certain things and I say, well, why is this hurt or why does that, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, I can diagnose that right away. You've had too many birthdays. Oh God, do I hate doctor humor? This is not the time, dude. I think you think you're being cute. It's a little bedside manner. (laughs) You've had too many birthdays. Okay. It's just as bad as having a dentist with huge fingers. Oh yeah. Or a proctologist. (laughs) Or maybe you pay extra for that. It depends on your mood. You know, it's, I mean, do you want it thorough or not, Darren? Right. Come on. How low can you go? I have to get mine this year. I'm going to have to get my first colonoscopy. Wow. That's a whole different podcast. Let's just start there. I know they told me that they're like, oh yeah. And your mammal and you got to get tested. You got to get looked at for uh, skin cancer and, oh, you're going to need a schedule on colonoscopy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, wait a minute. Is there a history of colon cancer in your family. Yeah. Here's what you want to consider if you haven't had a high risk for colon cancer in your family. Get a fit test. What you do is you poop onto a sanitary piece of paper and then you mail it 
-hmm. into a lab and they run DNA on it. And then you don't have to sit on the toilet for 14 hours like you do with a colonoscopy. And then they write back and they're like, you're a schnauzer. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and, that was, and heartworms. So, <laughs> heartworms. Yeah. And that was the thing that I always got about COVID is that they're going into the sewer water to check the amount of fecal emissions that COVID creates. And that's how they can tell the intensity of how much COVID is in the area. Well, they are really getting their shit together. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Where's the high hat? Go ahead and use that one, Tiffany. You can go ahead and use that. So do you have any comedy clubs in uh, Gulf Shores? I don't know if there is a comedy club out here, to be honest with you. I know, you know, you can get live music pretty much anywhere, but yeah, comedy clubs down here, I don't know that there is, to be honest with you. I'd have yeah. to check into that, but I'll let you know for sure. All right. Maybe we can start one. Yeah. Just saying, it's not a bad place to come hang out for a you know, a week if you want to have oh, some fun. I'll, I'll get you some good acts, especially in the winter. The Midwestern people will be like, oh, please. Yes. Right. And you get great deals on the on the condos down here. And yeah, it's it's fun. But you yeah. got to do it before spring break. Spring break's coming up. Now the rise, you know, prices yeah. are going to rise a little bit. Right. But still, what you get down here, you get phenomenal accommodations, great food, and you don't you're paying a fraction of the price. So I think you got to get the job as the spokesman for, for I'm, ch- your- I'm starting to think I should work for the department of tourism down you here. Should. You're yeah. like, yeah, you're like an evangelist for this area. Anyway. And then, and then while you're down here, make sure you're listening to me six to midnight at yeah. sunny one Oh five, seven.com. Thank you. Sunny one Oh five. I listened the other night online. Super hits, baby. Oh. You know, we're about out of time. Darren, uh, thank you very much. Uh, but before we get out of here, uh, Tiffany, where are you going to be uh, doing your show? Cause you got a big one coming up. I do. I will be headlining this Sunday, uh, February 27th at the House of Comedy at the Mall of America. Show is at 7 o'clock, $10 tickets, and it's going to be a ton of fun. Please, 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 please come. Darren, you, you should come back. I mean, you know. No, I won't be. <laughs> you guys can come visit me, all right? Come yeah, visit that, me. We'll not be. I, look, I love Minnesota. You've been great to me. I grew up in River Falls, Wisconsin, my hometown. But I'm on the beach, man, and I'm staying. Episode 44, Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs.